Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate you guys out there, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day with a trip to the drive-thru at the Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville, Brupolo and Tupelo, or the brand new Tuscaloosa location over in Tuscaloosa, just one block from Bryant-Denny Stadium. That place on a football Saturday, Robbie, you talk about just printing money. <laughs> An 11 a.m. kick. At, yeah, at any, I mean, my goodness, they 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 may legitimately run Juan Valdez out of coffee beans. A hundred thousand, a hundred thousand plus blocking descending strange brew. It's going to happen. So, uh, if you want to be one of the lucky ones who can't, you know, if you don't live in Startville, uh, Tupelo, or Tuscaloosa, you can always head to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and place your order. Order it. Online, they'll ship it right to your door, and you can start your day every morning with Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. It's It's got it all, whatever you're looking for, for your house, for your car, for your tailgate, or just to put on your back. You need new gear. You need to look sharp. You want to get some some new stuff. You get it. At College Corner, two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. That's the place you want to go for lunch, for dinner, for brunch, whatever it is. Best blue plate in town by a long, long margin, in my opinion. Great meat choices, great vegetable choices. It's all good home-style southern cooking. And, of course, the only cornbread in town that will pass these lips. Nowhere else. Only restaurant top. And, of course, for dinner, steaks, chops, pasta, fish, they've got all that. And then on Sunday morning, the best brunch in town. There's a reason there's always a line when you go to brunch at at Restaurant Tyler. It's because it's the best in town. So check them out over there on the corner of uh, Washington and Maine, Starkville's flagship restaurant, Restaurant Tyler. Robbie, I got to talk to our friend Chad Bumpus yesterday, as you're listening listening two days ago. On uh, Thunder and Lightning Live, I thought we'd replay that interview here for the for this audience, and then I'll th- you and I will talk about some of the things that he said. I will specifically want to talk about the recruiting and the downfield aspect of the Kevin Barbe offense. So let's go ahead and go to that interview now. My conversation from Thunder and Lightning Live with Mississippi State receivers coach, an all around good guy, Chad Bumpus. And Chad Bumpus, wide receivers coach at Mississippi State. Chad, 
I was telling Rhino during the break, normally when I have coaches on, I, I say, hey, coach, hey, coach. I'm, I'm not, I can't do that with you. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to call me Brian either, are you? <laughs> no, man. How's it going? Man, it is so good to talk to you. Let's talk about the journey to get back to Starkville because that's, that's what I feel like it's been for you. You were hired you know, before the offensive coordinator. You were basically on the staff regardless of who ended up taking the offensive coordinator job. You know, when you first talked to Coach Arnett, how how excited were you to get that offer to come back to Mississippi State? Man, I was uh, I was very very excited. He uh, he actually called the day he got named the head coach. He called me that night um, and didn't offer me anything then, um, but told me that I got every intention on bringing you back home. So um, once I got that phone call, I was fired up. Um, and again, it was just a matter of letting everything play out, playing the bowl games and getting everything done. But, man, um, as you can imagine, I couldn't have been happier. You know, you spent the past couple of years at Utah, and you've had some success recruiting in Mississippi. You know, you, you've already made some of those connections. As you've been trying, I know you and the rest of the coaching staff have been traveling the state and, and seeing high school coaches. When you walk into high schools right now, are you getting a lot of chat? It's, it's good to see you. Welcome home kind of, kind of vibes from everybody? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, happy to have you back. Uh, happy to be home. Happy to get you back on staff. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of excitement, which, um, I mean, shoot, I'm excited, too. So it's always good to hear, and it's always good to be wanted. So, um, And, again, yeah, a lot beautiful city out in Salt Lake City. Um, great organization. Working for Coach Witt is was unbelievable. Um, and, again, they do stuff the right way out there. But there's nothing like home, man. So I got the opportunity and jumped on it. We talked in the previous uh, segment about recruiting, and it feels like this staff has been put together with an emphasis and an eye towards recruiting. What is Coach Arnett's message to you guys as far as recruiting goes? Um, win the state, right? Win uh we're going to recruit our, fruit, our footprint harder than anybody else. We're going to recruit the state of Mississippi harder than anybody else. When we've had success at Mississippi State, when there, I mean, there was a stretch now where we were doing some really, really good things. Um, and all of those teams were dominated by guys from in-state or uh, very close to the, to the border. So, um, yeah, that's been the message, man. Recruit the state, get the player, identify the best players in the state, and keep them home. And more importantly, keep them in maroon and white. So, um, again, I think he understands that. And like you said, he's hired the guys on the staff that can get it done. So, um, we're we're excited. There's some really good talent in this state, and there's a lot of guys that's been offered by some different programs. But we're up for the challenge, man. Our job is to keep those guys at home and and win a lot of ball games with them. You know, you're you're coaching with a couple of guys. I think that coached when you were at Mississippi State as a player with David Turner and Tony Hughes. Is how who 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 finds that more unusual, them or you? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a it's a little bit of a mix. The the first day coach uh, Coach Turner got there, he uh, we're in the locker room and he goes, "Man, the last time I was here, you were in the other locker room." So uh, I think it just feels a little different for everybody, man. It's just. Um, but it's been awesome, man. Again, just having some familiar familiarity. Uh, Coach Knox being back, you know what I mean. So, man, it's yeah. uh, it's been great. So, Kevin Barbe, you talk about familiarity. That's a name Mississippi State fans don't have a ton of familiarity with. For you as a coach, what did you know about him before he came on here in Starkville? Um, 
I've known Coach Wabe for a little bit. So I don't know if you remember, I uh, I actually took the Central Michigan job for about three weeks before um, I went back to Utah. That's right. And so when I was yeah. there, he was the offensive coordinator there. So, uh, uh, again, when I got um, when I got hired here, he texted me congratulations uh, and that, um, again, his name may be floating around a little bit. So uh, we have been talking for a while. Um, saw him down at the coaches' convention, and I mean, um, everything just clicked. So it, uh, it worked out. I'm very, very excited to get to work with him. Uh, I know what his plan is, what his what his idea is, what he wants to do on offense, and I'm all for it. So um, it's been great, man. What does his offense require from your receivers? Uh, making plays downfield. What I really like about him is. His whole deal is identify the guys that can score at any moment and get them the ball, right? It doesn't. I mean, we're gonna move guys around. Um, we're gonna get it to our playmakers in a bunch of different ways. Whether it's a fly sweep, whether it's a bubble, whether it's a big post over the top, whatever it is. What do you do well, right? And again, as coaches, it's easy for us to change what we do than it is for the kids to change what they do well. I say kids. It sounds crazy still. Um, but that's what he that's what he does. We're going to fit our scheme around the personnel we have and we're going to put him in position to, to be successful. When you think about the wide receiver room that you came into as a player. I mean, you walked in there knowing I'm going to have to play a ton this year because right. we just don't have the talent at that position. And then brought in you and and a bunch of other freshmen, Rico Sanders, Brandon Heavens and all those guys, and you all had to play right away. Now you've got a veteran group, guys who have made a lot of plays in the SEC. You know, as a coach, how how comforting is that to walk in and go, okay, I know we've got some proven commodities here. Uh, really good, man. Again, it it makes you feel better about putting those guys on the field. But again, at the same time, they're learning a completely different offense, right? A lot of um, in the previous offense, it was a lot of uh, mesh routes, shallow routes, chasing grass, chasing space. We're going to run a real route tree. I'm excited about it. But, again, you talk about guys that's played at this level or in this league, had a lot of success. Um, and, again, when you bring younger guys in, they have guys to look up to and that can show them what it takes to be successful at this level. And um, as a coach, uh, walking into a new room, that always makes you feel good. Have some older guys to lean on a little bit, and um, hopefully we get it done. This is going to be a veteran football team. There's going to, there's going to be big expectations, in my opinion, for, for Mississippi State in 2023. You know, we, we, we talked about if there hadn't been all of this change, this was a team that you, you would have thought a lot of people would have had preseason top 20, top 25. You know, what are the expectations within the, the, the seal building right now for this football team? I know it's early, but you, it's never too early to talk about those kind of things. Right. And again, it, it's the same as it always is. How can we get better every single day? Find something to get better at every day. Again, if you if you say, oh, we got a list of things that we got to fix, we got to correct, um, it's hard to do all of that in a short period of time. But if you focus on one thing and get better at that and then move on to the next, I think we'll be fine. But again, like you say, uh, a new offense so again obviously we got to get that installed and then find for me specifically in my room find where to put the pieces right uh who are my best four guys and how can i get them on the field at the same time is it three um again we're going to do some stuff with a tight end but um 
find those top guys and try to uh, find a way to get them on the field together. And that way uh, the quarterback feels comfortable. He has more options and he'll get, he's able to spread the ball around to guys that we know can make plays for us. What's a tight end, Chad? I haven't seen one of those in a few years. <laughs> I don't know what that is anymore. good ones, man. Uh, I know, and, uh, but but yeah, not recently. So, I know. It's been how, how is that going to work this spring? Do you have an idea of, of, of – because – I mean, right now there's not one on the roster. Are they going to have to move some of your guys around? I don't know. Uh, there's been some talk, but I'm fighting for them. <laughs> I want to keep as many guys in my room <laughs> as I can. And it's like, I just got here. Give me the spring at least. And let's see. But, you know, uh, we we got to have that position. And, again, as a guy, like, hey, I want to start. Oh, you're the only tight end on the roster. You're automatically starting. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the uh, recruiting pitch should be easy. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. Uh, guys getting adjusted. And, um maybe bring us a guy or two in, but um, yeah, that's going to be a new position for us here recently, and we just got to find the best fit, find the best guy for the job. Going back to recruiting a little bit, you know, it's hard to believe, but we're only you know, a week away from signing day. But you know, the yeah. first signing day has already come and gone. That's all, all of the drama. You're out there recruiting right now, and I would imagine it's mainly 2024 kids. But do you expect to see a couple more guys added to this class at this point? Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know so that we'll add anybody from my room. Um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, Coach Arnett's biggest deal. If there's a guy out there who can make us better, bring him. Right, bring him to the table. And, again, I say uh, not looking in my room, but, hey, if we find somebody that can come in and make us a better football team, we absolutely want to add him. We will see what happens. It's hard. It's really hard to believe you think about signing day nowadays, and especially like you go back to when you were being recruited, and that first Wednesday in February was such a big deal. And now it's just oh like, man, it was huge. Oh, that's right. It's it's yeah. And now it's just like oh, that's right. It's this week. You forget. Oh, yeah, signing so. day's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Chad, on a personal a level, man, deal. I want to, yeah, Chad on a personal level. I'll tell you, I'm so excited you're back. You and I have had been had a friendship for a while, and uh, glad to have you back at Starbucks. One last thing before you go, though, and I think you know what it's going to be, right? <laughs> Shout out to your mom, Chad. Hey, mama. <laughs> she is so excited. <laughs> Chad Bolfus. Listen, you know we had we just had a newborn, so uh, yeah. I mean, it's always like, hey, happy to have you home, but where's the baby? So um, exactly. It's good to be at work. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> so Chad no, Bolfus, Mississippi excited. State wide receivers coach. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks to Chad. As always, appreciate that. I was glad to get the shout out to Chad's mom in there. He had, he knew it was coming the whole interview. He said, I texted him after. He's like, I knew it was going to happen. I just I was just waiting on it. Um, I think he was excited about that, too. He was. He's, he's back now. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the recruiting thing. The message is win the state. This looks like coming up, it's going to be, I don't know it's going to have the same huge star power that 2019 had, but it looks like this is a really good class in 2024. You've got some four-star talent. You've got the one five-star kid in Cameron Franklin. We'll see if he can hold on to that ranking. But there appears to be a lot of talent, a lot of talent on the defensive line where Mississippi State traditionally has recruited well, and bringing David Turner back helps them. Um. You've got, you know, maybe the best quarterback in the state is a startable kid. There's a lot of things at play to have Mississippi State thinking they could be a top 20 class this year. But you got a lot of new coaches who've got to go out and build relationships, which is why the state's been on this barnstorming tour the past few weeks uh, of hitting up all these different high schools across the state. 
You also have Lane Kiffin doing that. He's here in Starkville today. We our, our efforts to get him on the Thunder and Lightning podcast seem to have gone unrequited. I knew he was a coward, Robbie. I knew he didn't have the stones. If Lane Kiffin walked in here right now and looked me in the face, I'd say, Lane. You'd say, hello, Mr. Kiffin. I'd say, Lane, I screwed you once. And I'll screw you again. No, you wouldn't say that. I, I would. I would actually have some fun with him. Um, but he's he's doing the same thing. He's kind of, and I think Ole Miss's obvious uh, improved efforts of recruiting in state is a direct result of Zach Arnett saying things like he's saying. This this appears to be a good year in the state. I think it's going to be a battleground year in the state. I think you're going to see State and Ole Miss going head to head on a lot of guys. Yeah, this is going to be a very deep class, I think. And there's some <clears throat> there's some uh, really good talent in it. And then the, the depth of it, I think, is is a lot more than it has been the last couple of years. I mean, you look at the guys that are getting offers right now from Alabama, teams like that. It might not be super elite players, I think, like top 50 players, but Alabama and teams like that are already, you know, sniffing around. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it has a chance to be a really good class. Yeah. I mean, the top guys, like you said, the, you know, the out-of-state schools are going to come for them. And, of course, you have State and Ole Miss. And, and I like that. I like – this is a year where Mississippi State's not going to have to go too far out-of-state. They probably need to go out-of-state for maybe a couple of receivers if they can't get J.J. Harrell, they can't get uh, uh, Noreel White down on the coast. So they may have to go out-of-state for some receivers. May have to go out of state here and there, but like for the most part, it looks like you've got you can get a lot of your pieces here in the state of Mississippi. That's good news uh, for Mississippi State. The other thing I like from from Bumpus, and I, I had totally forgotten that he had uh, accepted that job at Central Michigan uh, for a few weeks, and so he had a connection with Kevin Barbet, which he was kind enough to say his name. It's Barbet. We're good. Uh, we were correct on that one. We were correct the whole time. So. I think that the, the the idea of getting making plays downfield that is almost word for word what Mississippi State fans wanted to hear for about this offense. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, for sure. And you know that's what a lot of us have been trying to say. But when it comes from the mouth of a coach, it's a little different. People can actually take their word for it. But that's basically the the whole goal. I feel like of this offense is. How can we have a big play? Mm-hmm. And the running aspect of it is all but setting up those big plays. Right. And mentioned uh, a lot of the other things he mentioned in there. So, you know, one of the more important things I think was finding the the playmakers in your offense and putting them in positions to succeed. So um, I, I really believe that this offense and these coaches believe this offense is going to be a more explosive offense than Mississippi State has had, despite the fact that they're going to be more uh, centered around the run game, at least from a um, percentage standpoint, I would imagine. But it doesn't really tell the story of how explosive that the offense can be. I think a lot of people are scared when they hear, you know, this offense is going to be possibly a 55% run or whatever. Um, That doesn't – that doesn't necessarily mean Mississippi State's going to get under center all game and run the the wing T or something. This just a, a a way to expose defenses, lure them in a little bit, and then hit a big play. 
that's what you want. That's what you want your offense to be able to be a little more versatile than it has been in the last few years. Also talked about getting back to a, a true route tree with his wide receivers. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, Mississippi State's just been running kind of the same routes in that offense in the air raid, a lot of mesh, a lot of crossing routes, things like that across the middle of the field. We're going to see a lot a lot of that, you know, back to the traditional route tree that wide receiver coaches love to teach. That's, you know, Bumpus is going to be right in his element as a wide receiver, teaching those routes. You know, we're going to run run the post, run run the corner, the curls, the hitch and goes, stuff like that. So, I, you know, it's I think it's it's got a chance to be a really fun offense to watch, and I, I believe State has the personnel to do it. I agree. I agree. I, I, With the exception I especially... of tight end, of course. Right, but I think what also helps Mississippi State is I think you've got, the return skills of Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas are easily translated into screens and jet sweeps, and which you heard Bumpus describe. Those plays are getting them the ball on the on a handoff quickly. There's going to be big plays. I I, I have almost zero doubt that Tulu Griffin will have a forty to fifty yard rush this year. That Xavier Thomas will have a 30 to 40, 50 yard rush this year, just coming around on a jet sweep or something like that. Because they're so elusive. They know how to use the open field to their advantage. I just I just feel like that that's that's a a real thing that's going to happen. That, that is a thing that is true. If we want to get a, a, a jump on those uh for football season. So I'm excited about the Barbe offense. I do want to see more of it, you know, and, and I'm gonna temper my excitement until I, you know, see it in action, but they're saying the right things, if nothing else. And and as much as a new offensive, a totally new offensive system can fit, like you said, the personnel state has, it does. It fits what state has personnel wise. All you really need to see is Will Rogers' willingness to throw the deep ball a little bit more. And again, the thing I always say about the deep ball is we're not talking about, you know, I got to stand on, on the 40 and throw it into the end zone, on, on my 40 and throw it in 60 yards into the end zone. All right, Will Levis has a big arm, but who cares? It's about, you know, can you get the ball 25, 30 yards down the field effectively? Can you hit yeah. guys in stride on post patterns, on seam routes, and things like that? If you can do that, everything else And wide receivers so, can do the rest of the work. Absolutely, they can. Absolutely, they can. All right, before we turn it over to uh, future Brian here, and we'll let him handle that second ad read for you guys. Uh, let's talk about what happened Tuscaloosa uh, Wednesday night. Did not go according to anybody's plan. Mississippi State was in that game until the final seconds. I end up losing by three. Robbie, I gave my thoughts about it on, on Thursday's podcast, but I felt like it's just another, you know, it, it's a tough loss. It's a frustrating loss. They've piled up on you at this point, but you can see this team is going to be better once they get past this stretch. And I'll be quite honest with you. Looking ahead to Saturday's game with TCU, the the, the replay of the game of change, they're going to honor the uh, the 1963 team there. If State plays the same way they did, if they shoot 46% from the field and they play defensively the way they played against Alabama, they're going to win the game. They, they're yeah. going to beat TCU if they play like that. TCU's not better than Alabama. No. State, the, would, have the beaten, key... State would have beaten almost everybody outside of the top five last night. That's what I don't understand these people that are so negative about this game last night. Yeah. Of course, there were some things the state could have done better in that game. I don't think people grasp how good this Alabama team is. 
mm-hmm. how talented, how deep they are. For Mississippi State to, for most of that ball game, be leading the game, going up by double digits on the road in a place that has not been kind to Mississippi State over the years, I saw a team that I don't think was as talented as that Alabama team in 2005 blow Mississippi State out of the water in that building. Mm-hmm. And not, that not was just a much blow better Mississippi out of the State water. team, too. That was a team with Lawrence Roberts, um, Shane Power. Mm-hmm. Who else was on that? Was, it, was Winston Frazier on that team? Frazier was still I can't on remember that team. Who. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Campbell. And that team got doubled up. Like it was an absolute massacre. And so that's a tough place to play. And it got pretty rowdy in there last night. And State kind of withstood that and was able to be in position and could have very easily, when they got down by eight points as that game was going on, could have very easily just faltered then and nobody would have blamed them. But they had a chance to tie the game in the last possession. And that last possession was not good. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, Chris Jan should have called a timeout. I'm just, you know, I just don't know if it would have mattered that much. I mean, let's, I'm, let's be honest. I mean, he could run the best play in the world, and Mississippi State struggles to hit wide open shots. It might not matter. So, I mean, just let him play it out, I guess. But the people that are negative, like, well, it doesn't matter. We still lost. You have to take these little wins with this team. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're within three points, they hold Alabama under 70. Um, you know, they're within three points with a chance to tie on the road against the number two team in the country. If you win that game, that is one of the biggest upsets in Mississippi State basketball history. Mm-hmm. And you were in position. So, yes, this, these games are frustrating right now, but you have to remember this is a group of players that almost none of these guys have ever really won a big game. And a bunch of these guys have hardly won these close games with a chance to close it out late. It just hasn't happened for this team very often. And you're in year one with Chris Jans. You have to take your little wins here. Um, and nobody wants to, to to do that. Nobody wants to take these moral victories. I get it. But it's year one. You just got to find ways to be positive about, um, you know, the future of this program. And I think it's very bright. I think you can see the inner workings starting to come out of what Chris Jans does. They play yeah. tough play hard physical defense. Um, that was probably the best anybody's done against Brandon Miller this season. Yeah, it really was. He's been outstanding. I thought DJ Jeffrey did a great yeah, job. He took some heat offensively, and he didn't play great, but defensively he was fantastic in that game. I, and they he, did that. I mean, that's such a, del- that's t- such a tough offense to keep in check. Yeah. We talked about ball it all rotation. Time. State gets open looks. That's coaching. Coaching is getting them the open looks. He can't, Jans can't make the shot for them. And look, you know as well as I do that during football season, we talked about execution a lot, but we also talked about, you know, the scheme was not doing the players a lot of favors. I think the the scheme for Jans is doing to players a ton of favors. They're getting them open looks and they're getting to the free throw line. And it's just on on state's guys to make the shot. They shot 46% last night. That should have been enough to win. The free throw discrepancy was the killer. You know, Alabama made seven more free throws than state attempted. I mean that you're you probably some of those fouls were were sketchy. Well, I walk into I wake up every morning expecting SEC officiating to be terrible. It doesn't I mean, I'm, I'm not all, doesn't I'm even not affect all me at this the, point. I'm not all all in on the conspiracy, but it kind of got there for a second like oh, okay, probably, Alabama we cannot no have Alabama lose this game. There's no conspiracy. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's bad. They're just not good officials. They're not good at their job. Period. Is there's no there's no conspiracy. Not probably you know it's the foul on Will McNair, not biased, just incompetent. 
Awful. The foul on Will McNair in the three-point shot, that was as bad a call as I've seen. That's a terrible call. The foul at the end of the first half on Cam Matthews, the offensive foul. I thought that was, awful I thought call. That was bad. It flopped, and it, it, it was a difference in the game because they come out and make a three, which they ended up that being the, the winning margin. So, And they had no – they had – Little to no momentum at no, that. No, they point. were down tens, and they had like that was say Cam Matthews scores on that possession, like that's a block, and yeah. he hits two free throws, and they don't get anything on the other end. Mississippi State's up by twelve at the half, and you're starting to think, uh, and you got to remember, State had cut night. or Bama had cut the state lead to like five at that point, and State had pushed it back out to ten, and it looked like they were going to go into the locker room with a ton of momentum, and then that shot gave Alabama a little bit, and they they carried it over, so. I was I, I took positives away. I, I I don't I'm not not moral victory or anything like that, but I took positives positives away from that Mississippi State Alabama game. I think State again, if they play like that on Saturday, they can walk out with a huge win. And I I just I firmly believe, and I, I have a I hope Richard says something to me because I got a great comeback for him. Um, I'm going to share it with you just in case he doesn't set me up for it. But I really do think that this team can find their way back into the discussion to be in the NCAA. Like right now, they're on the absolute, they're hanging on to the bubble by their fingernails. But yeah. if they could somehow win this this game Saturday, they're right back in it. They're right back in it. And what I'm going to say is, if we can talk about Ole Miss being a top 10 team for seven weeks in football, we can talk about Mississippi State being a top 64 team in basketball for a few weeks. I Don't, don't you think? Yeah, no, for sure. And and you know, not to mention Ole Miss won a national championship last year in baseball and was like a game away from not even making yeah. the tournament. That's a great so. Ooh, I'm stealing that. That's mine now. I came up with that theory. <laughs> I th- I just, nobody else said it. Brian Haydad came up with that one. But yeah, like State needs a marquee win to do that. And there's not a ton of them left on the schedule after TCU. I mean, you can rack up some wins, and it's just going to, like, if you rack up some wins down the stretch and you get to eight conference wins and you're sitting there at 20 wins overall and even add to it in the SEC tournament, it's, even with that long stretch we struggled, it's going to be tough to keep Mississippi State out at that point. But you get a win against TCU and start to build some momentum, and that really sets the tone. I think, to me, it the key continues to be State has got to kind of keep things in perspective and keep looking ahead because if you start thinking gosh you know we lost by two to florida we lost by you know we're in in the game against auburn and georgia lost those games mm-hmm. you know if tcu's a close loss i mean when are we going to get one of those yeah. and in reality you have you know a light at the end of the tunnel here they've got to be able to kind of maintain their composure here and realize you know there are some winnable games down the stretch this team is not going to suddenly get better on the offensive side of the ball, but there are some teams that are nowhere in the same vicinity as Bama, TCU, Auburn, Tennessee, teams like that. I mean, the schedule gets significantly lighter yeah. here. So State's just got to be able to maintain its composure and keep the positive attitudes rolling, and we'll see what happens late in the season. Robbie, I'm, I, this is this is how good your comparison was. I'm looking at it. So Ole Miss in baseball, eight weeks into the season, was a top ten team, and their RPI was 17. Right. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, they were unranked, and their RPI was 64. State's yep. net last as of last night. Before you know, I haven't seen the, an adjusted one for today. 
was 62. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, if you find wins at the end of the season, they're going to be able to get in. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I mean, the more the more you win, the better your situation is going to be in baseball. You got to be you got to be eight and ten, nine and nine in the conference to make it for basketball. You're going to have to be there, but those opportunities do exist in the in the second half of the season. I mean, you you look at that back half of the schedule, and there's there's a ton of games left. Very very and winnable games, winnable games. Yeah. Let's turn it over to uh, our one and only correspondent here on the uh, th- on Thunder and Lightning, Future Brian. He'll recap what happened in Oxford, Mississippi State, Ole Miss women's basketball. Big game for the NCAA tournament chances for the Bulldogs. What happened? Let's go now to Future Brian. This is Future Brian reporting to you from the future. Before we get into the recap, let's talk about our sponsors, our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're looking to cook out and you want to fire up the grill, grab some beef, some big, thick steaks, some burgers, or, of course, you want to go big with a tri-tip, a picanha, or even a brisket, always a lot of great stuff. And, guys, I don't, I, I'm going to give you some ideas. You know, YouTube is my favorite cooking channel. I know Food Network is what it is, right? I'm not really interested in, like, hey, can you, you know, can you make a four-course meal out of this basket of crap? I, I'm interested in, like, hey, I might actually cook that. So, you go on YouTube and you look for barbecue stuff, man. There's so many great videos out there, and a lot of them, most of them, those Texas guys especially, they're featuring beef. So grab some beef this weekend and throw it on the grill. Your family will thank you. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District this weekend. If you're here for Mississippi State basketball in the coming months, if you're here for baseball, you know, you already know that Two Brothers is the place to be in the Cotton District. Great food, great people, and a great time. It's all right there for you at the home of Smoked Southern Soul Food. That's Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. Every business promises it to you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you. 48 years worth of receipts. Not a long time to be alive, you know. But for a business, that's that's like businesses are like in cat years, man. They're like, you know, that's like a thousand years that they've been up and running. So if your business needs technology, if you need a new copy or a new printer, if you need to get some laptops to your people, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you make the same phone call. You call the same number, you talk to the same people. No overseas call centers, no out-of-state consultants, just Mississippians doing business with Mississippians. That's what it's all about. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The guys over at the Rogue, they are taking care of you. Great selection in their collegiate collection. They've got the logos that you want. That you say You say you want them. I'm going to take you at your word. The M over S, the state script, they've got them. The best-looking collection of polos and quarter zips out there for the college fans. State and Ole Miss. And, you know, they got some USM stuff. They got some Alabama stuff, some LSU stuff. They got some Saints stuff. If you really want to be be a diehard, they got it all. So check them out at The Rogue in Jackson. Shop at therogue.com online. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Mississippi State falls in Oxford. Uh, 78-63 is the final score. Never a close game. Uh, State trailed the entire uh, game never really in the second half or in the game. Uh, swept for the first time by Ole Miss since 2003-2004. And uh, according to Robbie Falk, first time since 97-98 they lose both games by double digits. They just did not play well. And, you know, for Sam Purcell, 
I find it really interesting, and this is something he's going to have to correct pretty quickly. Because if there's one thing we know, Mississippi State fans, they're not going to tolerate losing to Ole Miss over and over again. And I know it's just his first year, but he lost both games. It's the first time in 20 years. And in both games, it felt like his team played their worst game. It felt like that the the effort wasn't quite there for them against Ole Miss. And that's just something Mississippi State fans aren't going to accept. You know, if you go out there and you play hard and you lose, everybody can accept that. But when it feels like, you know, your your biggest rival is kind of pushing you around, that's that's something that nobody's going to forgive. So that's something Purcell needs to get corrected, you know, next season. That's going to be his deal. State falls to 15 and 6. They're 4 and 4 in the conference. This was a, as we talked about on yesterday's show, this would have been a big step forward in their NCAA tournament aspirations. The latest women's bracketology had them as a 10 seed and as one of the last four buys, meaning they wouldn't have to do the play-in game. Now they've probably, they're probably, you know, it depends on what happens this weekend, obviously. But they didn't, they didn't do anything to, to enhance their resume tonight in Oxford. And, if, and obviously, they, they, you know, it fell behind a little bit. So... Tough, tough game, tough loss for Mississippi State. They, they, they needed to have this win, in my opinion. I, I guess I shouldn't say needed because you know there's still a whole big season left to play. They got to go to Georgia on Saturday, though. They stay on the road and then they come back with uh, with Stark into Starkville to play Tennessee again. Rakia Jackson's homecoming game, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but State takes a bad loss tonight in Oxford. Final again, seventy eight sixty three. State now fifteen and six, four and four on the season. Got to get that fixed. Got to get that fixed. You know, that's something, you know, state fans have gotten pretty comfortable beating Ole Miss year in and year out. And, and you look back at last year with all the flux and all the turmoil, they still split with them last year. They got the win in Starkville. And then in this case, state can't, you know, not only not getting the win, but to get pushed around in both games the way they did, that's, it's just not going to fly. And, and so that's, that's task number one for Sam Purcell is to get his teams ready to play Ole Miss. Week year every year every every time those two teams are on the court, you got to be ready to play them. Um, so we'll see. Also means that now Richard Cross has gained a game on me. He's it's now four two in my favor. Uh, a win in basketball would all but seal it up for me. I would he would have to win all four baseball games uh, to get the jump on me for our bet for the Palmer home. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Four two Brian in that all important contest. All right, guys, have a great weekend, and Robbie and I will be back with you on Sunday. We'll recap uh, Mississippi State TCU, probably have some football news to talk about, some recruiting news, and uh, plenty more, I'm sure, all next week on Thunder and Lightning. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.